0: You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Jerry Prokopovich with Civil War Talk Radio. How do we know what happened in the Civil War? We can't talk to anyone who was there to see it. No one who writes about the war today has any first-hand evidence of his or her own. But we can listen to the voices of those who are there on paper, recorded in letters, journals, and diaries. Today, we'll talk to one of the keepers of the flame of documentary evidence of the war, librarian David Lee Paremba, editor of a new book, If I Am Found Dead, Michigan Voices from the Civil War. Join us for a look into the evidence of the past on Civil War Talk Radio.
1: Credit card debt has squeezed the fun out of your life. Are you ready to file bankruptcy? Wait. Make one more phone call first to Credit Partnership. Our licensed attorneys offer a unique debt relief solution called Debt Reduction. You can get out of debt in two to three years or less. Credit counseling and consolidation loans are no solution. They only rearrange your debt, which may lower your interest rate slightly. You'll still wind up paying the entire balance over time, lots and lots of time. Only Debt Reduction with Credit Partnership shrinks the principal balance of your debts, not just interest. Your monthly payments will be lower, too, so you get immediate relief. Debt reduction has already helped tens of thousands eliminate their debt, and unlike bankruptcy, debt reduction with Credit Partnership does not become public record. Remember, bankruptcy devastates your credit for seven to ten years. Call Credit Partnership instead. 1-800-DEBT-SAVER. Toll-free 1-800-DEBT-SAVER or visit us online at CreditPartnership.com. Get relief from your debt now with Credit Partnership. Call 1-800-332-8728. one 800 debt saver
0: world talk radio bringing the world to you to reach a show host or guest during the live show dial toll-free in north america 866-613-1612 or if outside the usa and canada dial
1: 001 858-268-3068
0: My name is Jerry Prokopovich, coming to you from the campus of East Carolina University in Greenville, North Carolina. It is a beautiful autumn day here, and glad to be getting back on campus after being away from a tropical storm for our last show. Uh, But as always, East Carolina University is not the least bit responsible for anything that happens in the hour to follow. Uh, Unless I were to injure myself here in my office, I could perhaps... File some sort of workman's compensation claim, but uh, for which I could hold them responsible. But for the content of the show, no, that's that's up to us here. And a reminder to all listeners that uh, if you enjoyed the commercial for debt reduction that just preceded uh, this, at least uh, as I heard it at this end, uh, you can contribute to my debt reduction by donating to the show. There is a button offering donation to allows you to make donations. Uh, via PayPal on the website, and uh, uh, it's it's a non-profit enterprise. There's no, uh, uh, only because we don't make a profit, or at least the, the overlords of World Talk Radio, as far as I know, are not uh, uh, selling commercials right and left on the show, nor is that my particular interest. I'm here to talk about history with you but if you do find something of value here and want to contribute and encourage people uh, higher up than I am to keep the show on the air, please do feel free to donate uh, a little bit here or there, and it would be much appreciated. Certainly one direct service it does is allow me to buy the books that I get to read and then talk about with with you here on the show. Well, enough of that. Let's get to talking about uh, the show. Today we have with us David Lee Paremba, who has edited a new book, "If I Am Found Dead: Michigan Voices from the Civil War." Uh, David, are you there?
2: Yes, I am. How are you?
0: Good. How are you? I'm not too bad. That's good. Uh, do you go by David or David Lee or? Uh,
2: uh... David is fine.
0: Oh, okay. Um, uh, unlike uh, some of the authors, we have not had a chance to meet before, but uh, uh, so I know you through uh, through the book only and through uh, the. Indirect connection of, of being myself a native Detroiter, uh, graduate of the University of Michigan, and always uh, interested in learning a little bit more about Michigan's part in the Civil War.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, are you in Ann Arbor right now? Uh, no, actually, I'm uh, I'm in Florida. We oh. moved down a couple of months ago. Oh well, um, well holy cow, that's a long yeah, way. <laughs> so that's changed, <laughs> um, but my heart is still in uh, Detroit and uh, Detroit history and Michigan history. So, uh, uh,
0: it, it's now these shows that we record here uh, are listened to live by as many as seven or eight people around the world, uh, but everybody else listens uh, to the downloads uh, uh-huh. afterwards. So if I were to say anything about the fact that Michigan is going to play Notre Dame in football tomorrow, by the time people listen to it, they'll know the outcome. And I will only sound foolish if I say anything about what I think is going to happen. Okay. Uh, so we'll just leave that topic uh, away. All right. But uh, uh, but but I, I cherish the years I spent in Ann Arbor, and as I said, I, I was born in Detroit, grew up in Highland Park. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, I'm very interested in the history of that area as well. Now, uh, you,
2: you tell tell me about your background, uh, uh, academic story. Well, I'm not. I'm a native Detroiter. Um, born and raised in Detroit, um, got interested in library work uh, shortly after um, I got married. I was actually a toll collector on the Ambassador Bridge. I decided to go back to Wayne State for my master's degree in uh, library science. And I uh, was fortunate enough to become part of the staff of the Burton Historical Collection at the main uh, library branch in downtown Detroit, uh, which houses the archives uh, local history and genealogy, and uh, spent seventeen years there. Now, was your in-
0: were you interested particularly in the Civil War or uh, local history generally when you started? I had
2: that? I had basically had an interest in the Civil War for a, for a long long time, um, especially as I was growing up. I guess uh, it might have been from the, the fact my middle name is Lee. I'm not sure, but uh, to be then a, a caretaker of this. Uh, of, very rich repository of original materials was uh, was very fortunate for me.
0: Well, let's talk about that. That's uh, as I said in our introduction. I wanted to talk about where where Civil War history actually resides in terms of, of finding out uh, as much as we we can about the voices of the past. The the Burton Historical Collection, you say, is part of the main branch of the Detroit Public Library.
2: That's correct.
0: Um, and uh, how long has that been there?
2: Uh, it was given to the library way back in 1914 by Clarence Monroe Burton, who uh, was an amateur uh, genealogist and historian. Um, so it has been a part of uh, the Detroit Public Library system for um, almost 100 years, I would say. Um, it is uh, very deep in, in original materials, uh, dating from... Cadillac's time in, in 1701 through the present day. Uh, very rich in Civil War materials as well. There's well over a hundred collections of uh, hundred different collections of letters, and diaries, and journals.
0: So there's all this information there in, in raw information in the form of the uh, of, of the these primary sources. Uh, by recall, I recall I know you have a set there of the, the Adjutant General's reports of the Michigan mm-hmm. regiments. In fact, I can recall when I was writing my undergraduate thesis at at U of M uh, in the 1970s, uh, coming home on break and using the Adjutant General's reports at the the Burton Library. And uh, that was one of my early experiences in an archival collection as opposed to a regular circulating library. And it's different, there's an era of mystery about archives for most people, I think. Uh, I, I, I'm remembering going into the the Detroit Public Library that I was familiar with as a place to go to borrow books, and there's a separate wing. It, it's dark
2: and not <laughs> dark everybody and mysterious goes in. and sort of it's, cathedral-like. I would think.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh-huh,
2: uh-huh. That, uh huh. Uh huh. That's that's the Burton Historical Collection. There actually occupies it's large enough to occupy four floors. So the the public reading room is only the book part. The book part of the collection, and uh, what we try to do at Burton was to sort of dispel that that aura of uh, eliteness and make people more more comfortable there and uh, avail themselves or make them aware of what exactly we had. So um, it's kind of a little bit of a hurdle to overcome, but uh, uh, you have some fun doing it, and of course you you're helping people. Um, by the by with their research requests or their family genealogies, etc. So can just anybody go and use an archive like the Burton? Like the Burton, yes. It's, uh, it's an archive that exists in a public library setting, therefore it's open to, uh, to anyone who would like to use it. Now, if you wanted
0: to use it, if I'm a listener to this show and I'm thinking, hey, I'm, you know, I'd like to look into the local Civil War history more deeply, uh, if there is a public archive like that one, anyone can go, but you don't just go and start pawing through boxes of letters uh, as a visitor. How, how does the uh, well, procedure work there?
2: Well, you could, uh, as long as the, uh, the collection has uh, various, uh, of course, rules. Uh, you have to sign a guest register when you come in. I believe if you're not a resident of the city of Detroit, there is a $10 per day uh, fee but it gives you access to the complete collection. Um, I think there's a, uh, a three by five card to, fill, to use manuscript sources, and you're on your way.
0: So, so the barriers to use are really pretty low. Anyone can do it.
2: Basically, yes. As long as you have a piece of identification and ten dollars, if you don't live in the city. But the sources, the resources are there for everyone to use, and the staff is there to, to answer questions as to what's where.
0: So now I've gone in and I've, I've said, well, I'm interested in Civil War history. Uh, how would I find out? You said there are a 100 collections uh, of letters or diaries related to that topic.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: how, how does the researcher find out what, what you have there?
2: Well, there are um, finding aids, which of course are the, uh, the important tools in gaining access to a collection. Um, Curtin has a, a, a manuscript index, which is similar to the old library card catalogs, which you can search by author, title, or subject. So you can look up um, U.S. history, Civil War, Michigan, and that will give you um, a listing of uh, what collections are there and what they contain. So now,
0: so now we're in we're in the library. We found uh, we're interested in something. When I was writing a a book on the Army of the Ohio, I used the collection and I was trying to find out if any of the soldiers there had served in the Army of the Ohio or Army of the Cumberland. And I remember coming across uh, the the papers of James Verner, which feature uh, prominently in in the book you've edited here, which is a collection of four...
2: uh, Four Four different different soldiers. Right, Mm -hmm. four
0: different soldiers. Um, And Verner was one of them. In fact, that... When I saw that this book had been published and was given the opportunity to uh, to read it and, and talk to you, when I saw Werner was in there, and said, I, "I know that guy. I read I read his stuff." Um, I particularly remember one of the letters was out of order. Uh, you, I, as you do, you request the uh, the staff to bring you the letters, uh, bring you a, a collection, and you can go through it. And as I was reading them, I thought, "This this can't be right because this." It didn't have a date on it, but I could tell by the content of the letter that it couldn't have been 1862, it had to be
2: 1863,
0: <laughs> and I, I spoke to the person there and then who agreed on that, and it was put back, put in a different folder where, where it belonged. Uh, but what struck me was that if you get, how, do library staffs read the entire collection and catalog it appropriately?
2: Uh, oh, an, you know archivist, what order an archivist, upon processing a collection, will go through it uh, item by item, and depending on how large the collection is and what what the content of it is, uh, we'll arrange it so it can be used easily. Generally, it goes in chronological order. Uh, a collection of letters, such as the Verner papers, when it's a simple, or at least the Civil War portion that I examined, went into simple chronological order. And uh, perhaps this one letter either was mistakenly marked eighteen sixty two when it should have been eighteen sixty three on the other hand sometimes the uh, the author of the letter won't put the the date on it
1: so right
2: there's, a, there's, a, there's an educated guess made sometimes, and it depends sometimes on on how well you're versed in the subject you're actually processing the collection to um a quick question out of left field: Was
0: there a Mrs. Hilton on the library staff when you were there? Uh,
2: Millie Hilton, yes, yeah. she was uh, uh, working in the history and travel department when I was at Burton.
0: Ah, she, she is an old friend of my family's, and my mm. mother will be thrilled uh, to know that that her name got on the air today. <laughs> um, I have not seen her in, in
2: decades, uh, uh-huh. but
0: but I, I knew that she was
2: connected with the library. And I, oh I, yeah, she uh, she's retired now, I believe. Yeah. And uh, after serving, I don't know, thirty plus years. But I knew Millie pretty well. Well, well, well she,
0: uh, uh, her daughter Anne, was about my age,
2: and uh,
0: mm. I, I knew her from the from the time I was very small. Uh-huh. Um, well, our listeners will enjoy that, that uh, bit of chit chat, but I, I could not resist asking. Um, so these documents that that come in, the the archivist processes them uh, to make them usable, putting them in some sort of order. Following the chain backwards, uh, how do the documents get to a place like the Burton Historical Collection?
2: Well, they basically get there one of two ways, either through outright donation or purchase. Uh, the Burton Collection is um, separately endowed so that it can uh, make additions to its collection. Um, or And sometimes folks will come in uh, and donate materials knowing that uh, we're there, and knowing that the uh, the materials will have a permanent home. Well, that you, know, you answered a question that I was reluctant to ask, but
0: the the city of Detroit has uh, been experiencing hard times for a while, and you can see things like the uh, sometimes less than stellar condition in places like the Detroit Art Institute, Institute of Arts, or the Historical Museum, both across the street from. Mm -hmm. Um, different streets from the library. And it's always been a nagging fear in the back of my mind that one day the city council would say, why do we need a historical library? Let's close it and put another wig shop in. Uh, But the Burton collection is separately endowed, so it has at least some funds to maintain its collection.
2: That's correct. Now, the, the Detroit public library system itself is not a city department. It's an independent corporation, so it works closely with the city, but it is not under the jurisdiction of con- the, the city council. Well, um... and w- within the, the DPL is the Burton Historical Collection, which maintains a separate endowment fund. Now, out of that endowment fund, it can only add materials to its collection. It can't add staff or equipment. Right. So, the doctor- there is, uh, there's a certain permanency to, uh, to the collection, and uh, there's also an agreement there made between Mr. Burton and the city of Detroit, so there are certain um, procedures to follow there. Well, we're going to take a short break
0: now and come back in just a minute and talk more about the Burton Historical Collection and its Civil War treasures with David Lee Paremba, former librarian at the Burton Historical Library. This is Civil War Talk Radio.